I think having someone to brainstorm with, be it a business partner, a coach, a mentor, an accountability partner, this can be absolutely invaluable. And not just because you might be able to get expert advice from someone, but you can just talk about something out loud and uh, sort of navigate your way to making better decisions. There are some mistakes that we've made that have come from inexperience and bad decisions, um, but there have been many, many more that we have avoided by seeking expert advice. You're listening to The Growth Booth, the show focused on achieving lifestyle freedom through online businesses. Whether you're looking for step-by-step strategies to start building an online business, simple game plans to grow your business, or proven lifestyle freedom frameworks, you are in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the thousands of listeners already in growth mode. Welcome to episode number 44 of The Growth Booth, where I'm excited today to share with you a bunch of my biggest wins in business and investing, and I'm especially excited because, uh, like I said in the last episode, episode number 43, it was pretty painful to go back in the memory bank and pull out some of my biggest losses. So if you haven't watched The Growth Booth episode number 43, you might want to watch that first so you can hear about some of my biggest blunders uh, in business and then come back and watch this one and you can find that over at thegrowthbooth.com or wherever it is that you watch or listen to this podcast. So uh, today I thought I would share some of my biggest wins and uh, thinking back uh, just like with the biggest losses, the biggest wins were not necessarily the things that made me the most money. Uh, Sometimes they were the things that were most impactful or most memorable or meaningful depending on where I was or where I am uh, at any point in my business. And just like uh, in the last episode, I'm hoping that you'll be able to take some good lessons away uh, from each of these. So I'm going to start first of all with buying and selling uh, online businesses. So uh, must have been about a decade ago now. I used to have a portfolio of over 1,000 uh, different niche websites. In fact, it might have been more than a decade ago, but I had over 1,000 niche websites. And these 1,000 niche websites were uh, built around the Halloween niche uh, and also the Christmas niche. So I had websites such as spidermancostume.com, uh, uh, toystorycostumes.com, buzzlightyearcostume.com, and so on and so forth. And I had literally a thousand of these, and not just in Halloween, but in toys as well. So toys uh, were a massive seller for me. I was a- an affiliate of Amazon.com, made a lot of money from them. Uh, and also uh, Halloween. I mean, the Halloween niche single-handedly allowed me to buy my first property and clear a lot of debt as well. Uh, and I did this by building up a factory that sort of made me money um, every single day of the year, not just around Halloween. That was, I think, the big myth is that people buy costumes uh, all year round, uh, but obviously it spikes at, at Halloween. So I had this portfolio of over a thousand websites, and I was kind of changing course with my business. That was part of it. But also Google was rolling out updates whereby it was harder for a certain style of websites to get ranked and get traffic. And... Unfortunately for me, uh, the type of websites that I had were this certain type of website that Google wasn't as fond of anymore. They were sort of called exact match domain names where the website was spidermancostumes.com and I could get ranked very easily in the past on Google when someone typed for Spider-Man costumes. Uh, But then Google changed the algorithm and didn't quite work like that anymore. So um, it was a good time for me to sell 
and I sold the entire portfolio uh, for tens of thousands of dollars. And it wasn't in the hundreds of thousands, but it was like a significant uh, payday for me, a very, very good five-figure uh, payday lump sum. Uh, and that allowed me to clear a lot of debt, invest in some more property, um, and uh, really just gave me a really good cash windfall that I wasn't really uh, expecting. So that's an example of selling websites. Another example of buying websites that come to mind is way back in, I think it was about 2006, we bought a website which was something that would ultimately go on to provide uh, ongoing income for years and years to come. I can't remember the exact numbers here, but I feel like we bought it for thirty dollars to $50,000 and it went on to make us like 10 times that uh, on complete autopilot without doing a single thing. It was just... We identified a website. I think it was on Flipper.com. I can't. I certainly sold my my websites on Flipper.com, and I think that we purchased this one on Flipper.com as well. I'd have to check, but that's irrelevant. The point was we identified this website that uh, was for sale. It was making uh, good money on a regular basis, and we were able to get it making even more money and just ride this passive income day after day after day for many many years to come. And there was a CPA marketing um, style website, so cost per action, something that I spoke about recently on another episode on the growth booth where I was speaking about the fastest way to make $1,000 online, I believe is with CPA marketing. So head back over and check that out if you haven't seen it already. I think it was episode number 41 and 42 where I spoke about that, but you'll be able to find it at thegrowthbooth.com or wherever you listen to this podcast. So buying and selling online businesses uh, certainly had some really, really big wins there. And that's still something that you can uh, do uh, today, actually. So um, certainly something to consider uh, anyway. Now, the second one, uh, the second big win that came to mind was property. I spoke about about how I had a disaster with one of my properties uh, recently on the last episode on the growth booth number 43. But today I want to talk about uh, some wins in property. And I bought my first property in Argentina back in 2006. And that allowed me, well, first of all, it gave me a place to live because I was over here in Buenos Aires and I was able to live there without paying rent, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, And then I bought my second property in Auckland in 2008. Uh, and then you know, over the years, I've built up a pretty significant portfolio of properties all around the world uh, and have definitely been doubling down on property in the United States and specifically Manhattan, New York, uh, over the past five years or so. And I think along the way, I've had some really, really good wins there. It's almost been like a snowball effect where I got started buying property at the very cheap end of the spectrum because I had no money and I couldn't really afford anything. But little by little, some of those early properties that I purchased have turned into the most amazing passive income uh, machines, really. Like the one that I bought in Auckland in 2008 was my second purchase. My second purchase, my first in New Zealand, because my first one was in Argentina. Uh, So it was my second purchase, bought it in 2008, and, and that thing is just a cash machine. It just pays us out money every single week, week after week after week, hundreds of dollars without doing a single thing. And it's rented about 51 weeks a year. It's in a really good um, spot in central Auckland and it just rents like like mad. Uh, there's huge demand to be in there uh, and it's done incredibly well for us. The first purchase I bought in Argentina 
Uh, I ended up renting that out as well and I sold it um, maybe like 10 years after I purchased it and got a really good return on that. Uh, but again, these were things that allowed me to get on the property ladder and get moving up and uh, ultimately get to a point where I'm investing in other much more luxurious properties at the completely other end of the spe spectrum. And I think looking back at this, it's amazing how fast five years can go by. Five years can go in the blink of an eye. And with property, you know, over a period of five years, I, my first five years of investing in property, I was able to accumulate a few properties, not a whole heap. But then the next five years, I was able to accumulate more and more and more because I was reaching that tipping point where I had a lot of passive income coming in. Um, my properties were appreciating in value and I was getting more experience. Uh, so I think, you know, this is a case of where money does like speed. It likes you to move fast. And there's no time like the present to start investing pretty much in, in anything, um, I think. So um, uh, some interesting stories. Actually, with the buying that first property in Argentina, I really was thrown in the deep end. And it was an interesting experience, to say the least. Uh, I was buying a property in Argentina when I was only semi-fluent in, I uh, wasn't fluent, I was a beginner in speaking uh, Spanish at the time. And it's just a completely different way of buying property over here, as I found out. So first I had to transfer the money into Argentina. Um, at the time, you couldn't just do a bank transfer. You couldn't do a wire transfer. So I had to go through this funny route to get to Argentina. Um, I then went into this sort of back office and collected the cash. And I was told not to take a taxi to the bank where I had to take the money because taxis uh, might know that this was a place that people came to pick up their money. So instead of taking a taxi, uh, you know, I bundled the money into my, my clothing and I went on the subway, eventually making it to the bank. Uh, and then I was paying in cash across the table and $100 bills because property transactions here are done in US dollars, not Argentine pesos. And then the, um, the seller would say to me, oh, you know, I don't like this $100 bill. There's nothing wrong with it. It might have just had a little pen or pencil mark on it or it might have been a little bit ripped, uh, but completely fine as, as a $100 bill. Today's show is brought to you by the Blueprint Academy, a coaching service that I've been providing for about eight years now. If you're interested in getting one-on-one -on -one coaching from me and my team of experts, as well as being able to leverage the resources and infrastructure that I've got in my business, then head over to thegrowthbooth.com forward slash Academy to get all the details. I'm passionate about helping people build businesses online and this is where I can help you. So again, head over to that link, thegrowthbooth.com forward slash academy and find out how we can help you at the Blueprint Academy today. Uh, so anyway, um, I've got a few more uh, stories that I could tell uh, about that uh, experience, but I want to get on some of the other uh, wins here uh, that I've had in, in my business and, and investments. And the next one, uh, that comes to mind is a merger that uh, we did with a couple of our students. So we had people come into our Blueprint Academy uh, program and they started building an e-commerce business and, and very quickly their e-commerce business and it was an e-commerce business that had brands which were selling on Amazon and it was exactly what we were teaching as part of our Blueprint Academy uh, hand-holding mastermind and they started doing very well from the outset and they built up a brand which uh, in a short space of time, was doing similar numbers to a couple of brands that Steve and I had built up. And 
it got to a point where we were working so closely with these guys that we said, hey, you know, um, we should just partner here. Uh, it was a win-win all around uh, from every angle. And these people have been the most amazing uh, partners that we could have hoped for. And this was a case of where we really knew them before we were partnering with them because we had worked with them for one or two years as part of, as, uh, as people that were part of our Blueprint Academy coaching program. So we'd got to know them. We knew their business. We knew their metrics. We knew that they were good for it. And those people today are now the CEO and COO of our e-commerce brands business. And that's the business that sells uh, products, millions of dollars worth of, of product on online every year, but also offline where our products are in over 20,000 stores. In fact, uh, I did an episode with Kelly, who is the CEO of that business and uh, my business partner uh, in that business back in the Growth Booth episode number 10, where we spoke about uh, navigating the turmoil of running an e-commerce business in a pandemic. So um, Kelly and um, and Patrick, our other partner there, are absolutely amazing and certainly been one of the biggest uh, wins that I can think of from a partnership standpoint. I should also say, though, that uh, on a personal level, when I merged my business and partnered with Steve, uh, which I don't even know how many years ago this was now, but it must have been 12, 13 years ago, I think. Um, that was also a game-changing point for me. We came together. I, I got to know Steve because I had been through some of his um, different training programs on uh, how to do how to build different types of businesses online, and I'd done very well with them. So I got to know Steve. Uh, and then I started doing a little bit of work with Steve. I was... Um, helping them with some of their marketing and we got to know how each other worked and so on and so forth. And again, we got to a point where we just say, look, you know, your business is crushing it. My business is crushing it. We could go into this together and absolutely smash it out of the park. And that's what we did. And I think um, the beauty about that relationship is uh, Steve has a lot of different experience to me. Um, he had a very successful corporate life uh, prior to becoming an entrepreneur where uh, he had different roles like at the very top of Fortune 500 companies. And he brought a lot of that kind of mindset uh, and organization to my business, which I simply didn't have because prior to merging uh, my business with Steve, I was a one-man band with a bunch of um, outsource outsourcing team sort of behind me. Uh, and fast forward today, I mean, we've got over 140 people on staff uh, and we've built a truly amazing uh, suite of businesses, I mean, portfolio of businesses. And there's no way that I could have imagined doing that on my own. But I think there's a special magic when you do find partners that, um, you know, you can really gel with and, and, and work well with uh, that you just can't get on your own. And I think the final... Uh, big one that I'll share with you here today is just about business synergies. So you probably know me from the online education space where we've got different products, where we teach people about uh, e-commerce, we teach people about how to build affiliate marketing businesses and so on and so forth. Now, what you might not know is that we've also got a hosting company, you've heard of that, Float Hosting, uh, a shopping cart called Cartsy. I'm in the business of not in the business, I'm in the process of adding to that suite with another tool which you're going to find out very soon which will also cater to the needs of these people. So the people that are building online businesses need um, different tools and services uh, and education and we've been able to offer these to people and 
we don't just give training, but we also give these other bits and pieces as well. And I feel like this is very much a win-win situation because as a product creator, it allows me to go out there and build something that is different, that I know is going to solve uh, the needs or the problems that many of my uh, coaching clients or um, customers of my courses and education uh, business um, courses have got. So I can do that, I can do it in a unique way and I can do it in a way that provides a lot of value and obviously for me, the upside is that then I get another customer in my hosting business. So float hosting is a great example of this. Float hosting is something that we never really went out of our way to market uh, to the public. We almost had it as sort of like an in-house um, an in-house opportunity, an in-house um, solution to hosting and we sort of just recommended it little by little. Hey, you know, you want hosting. Um, we would mention it in our education programs. You want hosting, head over to floathosting.com to set it up. But we never really put much uh, emphasis on that. And sort of woke up one morning like, holy crap, we've got a really big and stable business here. And by adding people to it little by little, we were able to, you know, mature the business, make it very, very stable and slowly um, sort of upgrade the technology and team um, over the years. So um, I think there's just a lot of synergy there and we've been able to uh, provide a lot of value um, and help our, our customer base, but in multiple ways, not just in one way. So I think uh, the lesson there is, you know, think about all the products that your one customer might need and see if there are ways that you can uh, offer up solutions to them. And it doesn't even have to be your own product. It could be another product that you are affiliated with or of course you could just um, you know recommend a really good product as, as well but I think there's a lot of um, opportunity there so a couple of um, closing thoughts for this episode I think when you put enough out there you are going to have wins and you are going to have losses and I think it's the nature of the beast of being an entrepreneur uh, owning your own business being involved in any kind of investing there are going to be wins and losses and many times some of these losses are going to be things that you can't even control. And I gave a couple of examples of these on the last episode here. I think having someone to brainstorm with, be it a business partner, a coach, a mentor, an accountability partner, this can be absolutely invaluable. And not just because you might be able to get expert advice from someone, but you can just talk about something out loud and uh, sort of navigate your way to making better decisions. There are some mistakes that we've made that have come from inexperience and bad decisions, um, but there have been many, many more that we have avoided by seeking expert advice. And more than anything else, by Steve and and, and myself sitting down and talking about things um, over a dinner, uh, getting together in person and uh, actually talking about things and, and really sort of fleshing it out. And that's also allowed us to form balanced, I think, um, opinions or assessments about different opportunities. Because, you know, if I had spoken to Steve a lot about crypto, maybe we would have decided, uh, or I would have decided that I wasn't going to go in as, as quickly as I went in. I spoke about that uh, experience of losing a lot of money with, with crypto in the last episode. Uh, but that was just something I did on my own. Uh, I didn't talk to someone um, about that. So I think um, getting someone who you can work closely with um, and talk to about different uh, parts of the business can be absolutely invaluable. And then always just knowing that, you know, if you're building a business as an entrepreneur, there are going to be speed bumps along the way. 
but as long as you don't give up, the magic will eventually happen. And I think the wins start to compound on themselves and the losses just continue to be bumps in the road. I don't, I don't feel like the losses compound on themselves all that much, but the wins definitely compound on themselves all that, definitely do compound on themselves. And you can see that by my example of just uh, buying that first property that gave me passive income. It wasn't all that much, you know, a couple of hundred bucks a week at the time, but when you've got, you know, 20 or 30 or 50 uh, properties like that, then it really does start to, to add up. Um, and I think, um, you know, getting to that level, though, you need to have those small wins uh, along the way. So, uh, look, I'm going to wrap this up here. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Growth Booth. As always, you can head over to thegrowthbooth.com, navigate to episode number 44, see show notes, a transcription, links to the different things I've discussed here and so much more. And remember, you can see the video version of this uh, either on thegrowthbooth.com or over at YouTube. And feel free to subscribe to that to make sure you get uh, updates. And as always, I appreciate the reviews that you leave. So um, leave us a review, a good review, if you like this show on the favorite platform where you listen. That's it for me on this episode. I will see you back again next week. Bye for now.